This episode of the Blockhouse Podcast is sponsored by my friend Tiger at ITZTiger.music on Instagram. He does all the audio tracks for the Blockhouse Podcast. He's on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Go check him out. The podcast is also sponsored by Day and Night, the ultimate revolution in vaping batteries, the double-bladed lightsaber of vaping. Why enjoy one flavor when you can enjoy two flavors at the same time? Go check them out on Instagram at Day and Night Battery. But wait, the podcast is also sponsored by Bengali, the new hip clothing brand that is about to take Medellin by storm. Quality clothing for men that fits right and that is stylish at the same time. I love it. I got tons of it. And you'll see me wearing it on the podcast. Get yours now. Go to bengali.shop on Instagram. Lastly, be sure to sign up for the Blockchain Insider newsletter. For only $250 a month, you will get weekly updates on the crypto market, my top investment picks, and advanced analysis to help you make better informed investment decisions. You can't put a price on that. So go click on the link in the description and sign up today. How's it going, guys? It is Wednesday, June 23rd, episode 145. And today I have Edmund McCormick, CEO and founder of Dechained. Dechained is a crypto education resource that offers quality content and is the easiest and most effective way to get started with learning about and investing in crypto assets. So if you're new to the space, I highly recommend that you check it out and I think it'll be worthwhile for you. Anyways, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain, Mr. Edmunds McCormick, and Dechained. Enjoy. Edmunds, welcome to the podcast sponsored by Stash T. Not really, but you know, whatever. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, so yeah, before we you know start talking about you know Dechained and some of the things you, you're doing in blockchain, um, tell me a little bit more about yourself. You know where you're based, where you're from, um, how you kind of got into this space into blockchain. Like, what was it exactly? Like, just give people a little bit of a, a backstory. Yeah. So uh, Ed McCormick. So I, I founded a company called Dechained, which is a crypto education platform. Uh, I've actually been though in involved in crypto for about ten years. So I started investing back in 2011. Uh, it was not as easy of a process as simply just linking Chase to Coinbase. Uh, I remember vividly going to this CVS and using MoneyGram to send mm-hmm. money to a offshore account under a different name so that they can then fund Mt. Gox for me. And I'm not going to say any of the services that I use those intermediaries because I don't know what statute of limitations are in Virginia, which I just moved to. So uh, <laughs> involved a lot of steps. It was certainly opaque to say the very least, um, but it was, uh, it's, it's kind of surreal to see sort of how this space has evolved. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, about me. So, you know, over the last 15 years uh, prior to, to starting Dechained, uh, I've been in the tech industry. So, uh, I started, uh, if people remember, MySpace was one of the, the earlier social networks. This is mm-hmm. pre, uh, this is before sort of Facebook opened up its, its 
walled garden to anyone with a dot com. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, spent the next uh, seven years at, at Apple, uh, which is sort of where the, the genesis of this idea of creating a crypto platform really started. Uh, at Apple, I was working on a ad division or launching an ad division to help the developers at that time uh, monetize their apps because the app store around you know early 2010 was still somewhat new and there was a lot of uncertainty around you know how do these developers continue to create and also pay for all the servers and all the stuff that they're doing to make that stuff and there was a lot of fear you know is this going to be a pay only service similar to you know what iTunes was with with movies and music mm-hmm. and shortly thereafter about 6 years later uh there's a bit of a perfect storm, you know, incidentally, I was on my honeymoon. So I was in, I was in Thailand and about two days before our, our honeymoon was about to end, I get a call. It's like four 30 in the morning there and find out that Apple was shutting down the division. This was first steps, you know, really that they were taking to, to sort of separate themselves from, you know, the ad world and really step into the consumer privacy focus that we see so much about today. And after I got over, you know, obviously the shock of it's going to be a long flight home, um, it dawned on me that, okay, there might be something to this. And, you know, if you think about how companies gather information on you, if you think about all of the content you consume online, someone is paying for that. And mm-hmm. ultimately it's probably you, the, the reader, there's a lot of information gathered on you. There could be more of this to come. And we saw a couple, well, almost a year later with Cambridge Analytica, shit, sorry, this could yeah. be a big issue. Sorry about that. Uh, no, this could be ahead. a, this could, this could be a much bigger thing than, than people imagined. And uh, around sort of that time, as people were starting to look at, become aware how much information is gathered on them, Bitcoin started to also erupt. And, you know, it obviously was fueled certainly by, you know, the, the halving earlier in the year, but public consciousness, you know, started to, to steer their eyes towards Bitcoin as a potential investment option. And a lot of people got involved in the space, many of whom had no idea what they were buying from a you know, tech standpoint, from a financial standpoint. They just knew that you know, all their friends were telling them about this, you know, this investment that they had to make. It was a surefire win. And ultimately, when the market turned, they were the last to see you know, the signals to get out. And many people that at least I know were left holding a bag uh, not knowing whether this thing will ever go back up or if they just lost you know, 80% of everything that they bought into. And it got me sort of questioning of why that happened. Uh, if there was anything that sort of can, could have been done to stop a lot of these people from having that type of situation. And it, it dawned on me that a lot of the information that was out there, a lot of the, the sites, popular sites that people were visiting, videos that people were watching, we're either giving a ton of conflicting information, uh, much of it was just patently wrong, or it was just too complex for you know, people who are new into the space to wrap their brains around. You know, to, mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, these are this over here is China is cracking down on 
certain type of mining or the proof of work is ultimately going to operate. The people just did not grasp what that was. So ultimately, of course, they were the last to sort of recognize those signals. And that's what happened. So I wanted to create something that would focus less on, you know, the, the savvy, because there's enough content out there, you know, to serve that mm -hmm. audience, but really start to focus in on how do we start to bridge the gap for people who want to get involved, but just feel intimidated, feel like it's just, it's not for them because they're not so technical make them comfortable and help bring in new people into the space. And that's how D-Chain came from. See, that's exactly the same notion that I had and why I started the podcast too. Um, you know, I saw that there was a huge educational gap between, you know, this technology that's brand new, that's, you know, in so many ways, world changing, industry changing. And then you have all the ordinary people that just are like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and they don't know how to bridge that gap uh, because there's just not enough education. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of clickbait. There's a lot of pumps and dumps, uh, you know, you name it in the space, but, you know, education, just pure education and um, being able to give people a chance to, you know, make better, more informed decisions. Um, you know, that's been a problem for a long time. So it's, it's good that you guys are, you know, have gone that direction. Yeah. And, and first, thank you for saying that. Um, the other piece too, was we wanted to make a platform where you paid to, to, to get the information mm -hmm. and not necessarily just for the monetization purposes. Obviously it helps create, you know, buy all these cameras and, and the microphones that we're using now, mm -hmm. but it gave a clear vision. How are these people monetizing? So for me, it was, uh, you know, and for us, when we talk about monetizing, it was producing courses, making all these guides and overviews, a lot of editorial, because for us, we wanted to focus in on a, a different audience, an audience that we felt was underserved, uh, really that, that Gen X baby boomer group. Uh, and the reason is, one, millennials, and I, I'm old. Um, just on the cusp of saying I'm still. Oh, no, you're young. You look young. Oh, I moisturize. That's why. Um, <laughs> but but no, in terms of, you know, this group, it was, it's a group that, you know, they were the ones who were vest, invested into traditional markets. They were looking out at all these alternative investments that they could be making. And they were the ones who were most skeptical and really the ones who, had the biggest doubts that were holding on to maybe stigmas that have been around for a while. I don't know if you know this, but uh, you've all, you're also in the crypto world. We've been funding assassins and drug dealers for years. If you sure. didn't really, <laughs> uh, so sort of breaking that and saying, look, uh, it's wrong, and and let's break some of these myths. Let's sort of knock some of these walls down uh, and show you that this actually, you know, is can be some an environment that's safe but also that you could generate some nice returns. And of course, you know, with everything going on, the world sort of on fire with COVID, um, this might be something you might want to pay attention to because there are going to be other areas in the finance world that are going to feel a lot of strain. So uh, it's been an interesting ride, you know, especially focusing in on groups that I think there hasn't been a lot of content to serve uh, mm -hmm. and really speaking to sort of what, they're concerned about. So. Yeah. When, when you say, 
when you talk about content, what kind of content are you referring to specifically? Is it like, you know, the, the clickbait uh, bullshit kind of stuff you see on YouTube, or is it just people trying to put out factual stuff that might not always be, you know, factual or fact checked? Um, or, or what do you refer to the most? Yeah. So uh, I would say we have a, a whole content library of, of guides and overviews that are, it's, it goes from all the one-on-ones, what is blockchain, all the way through, and it's, it's all educational. So it's what is Fibonacci? How do you read a Fibonacci indicator? Uh, through, you know, what are, we, we try to stay on top of, you know, top projects that are coming out, but in a way where it's not a promotion. We're not producing content uh, as a means of checking a, a box to be a VC. And, and sort of saying, hey, we'll help you be, give us equity and we'll give you marketing. Uh, it's a, okay, what is Hedera? How does Hedera fit in? How is Cardano different than Ethereum? Not necessarily, is Cardano better than Ethereum? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of, you know, providing explanations. Uh, the guides and overviews, you know, serve one way that people like to, you know, consume and, and, and learn. While others, we have tons of video courses uh, and, and all of it, which you know, most of it's free, uh, but also little like two, three minute videos where we sort of break things down that could be a little complex. So like, for instance, the idea of consensus blows people's minds. You know, how does consensus work? Okay, let's think about consensus. If, so for me, I grew up in New York and you know, as a kid, we, we played football on the street. And when all the kids get together and they play football, you know, oftentimes there's an argument about the score. Well, if I had, you know, a a dispute about the score, I couldn't just go to one person and that person would then say, okay, score has changed. Everyone, the score has changed. No, you'd have to go and get everyone to buy in all at once. And sort of like a watered down explanation though of consensus, but it's, you know, ultimately saying, look, you are, distributing you know, this information and everyone has the opportunity to then give their approval or say no. So that's, again, these are trying to take things that could be somewhat abstract and complex to a lot of people and also putting into things that, into ways that they can understand. Even the ideas, even the words blockchain and crypto for for a lot of people, they have this mental block and it's just, I'm not technical. I don't get it. Yeah. Right. My, my, my son's kid is good at computers. So I'll, I'll go to him for advice, which by the way, side note, blows my mind. But uh, <laughs> then just reminding them, hey, look, you know, if you recall, you know, 20, 25 years ago, when the internet, you know, started coming into people's homes, you know, the, the idea of World Wide Web, you know, URL, IP address, that was like Greek to people. Mm-hmm. But what happened was you had a lot of companies that said, we'll understand all the complexities. We'll tell you, you know, we'll, we'll create products that are easy to use. And ultimately we'll make this so simple that oftentimes you don't have to think about sort of all the processes that are happening to make it happen. Um, the Amazons, the Googles, the world, et cetera. And what happened is that people who claim that they're not technical wind up holding phones in their pocket that are many, many, you know, more times more powerful than the Mm -hmm. computers that sent the rockets to the moon. So uh, it's also just sort of reminding people, 
just understand sort of how technical you are and put that yeah. aside because you know, this is attainable for anybody. You know, the thing about blockchain is, in my opinion, a lot of it's going to be a backend technology, you know, in ways like the internet is because people don't really always think about it. But if I ask someone, I've asked people a lot, how do you, how does the internet work? Like, <laughs> like I've asked them, how does the internet work? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I go to Google and type something in and things pop up and I find exactly. solutions. And I'm like, exactly. But that's not what I asked you. How does, what makes that possible? How does the internet work? It's, and they're like, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's there, right? You just, you buy a computer and it works, right? And I'm like, well, obviously there's a whole process in between. You know, there's servers that talk to each other, you know, your ability to send an email from, you know, America to Europe has a lot to do with the underground, um, you know, wires we run underneath the oceans just so you can have an internet connection. Like there's so many things that go into it, all this infrastructure, all this backend stuff and the technology, um, you know, the people will never really understand, but they don't need to understand because it's not their job to, it's just to be able to access it and understand it at a surface level and, you know, have a good interface like Google. Google has a great interface. You type in Google you search whatever you want in a little bar and you get whatever you want. Um, so, you know, blockchain is going to, in my opinion, is going to go that route in a lot of ways. It gets so, so technical um, when you really start breaking it down and trying to figure out, you know, which blockchain is better, what can do this, what can do that, how can it scale, how can it evolve? Um, you know, for most people, they're interested in learning about that stuff, like from an investment standpoint but they don't really need to understand all of it unless they want to work in the field. You know, the average person, they just want to know how they can apply it in their lives. So I think that's, you know, one of the next biggest steps in terms of education um, and, and for developers out there and people working in these projects is to create an interface that's really easy for the average person to, to understand and to use. Like, um, I know I'm kind of rambling on here, but like take- no. Take a Bitcoin addresses, for example, or actually even better, take Ethereum addresses. Um, you know, the idea that you can send a lot of money in Ether, you know, back and forth from person A to person B, um, you know, but you have to rely on all those numbers and letters in that address being correct, um, mm -hmm. or you screw it up or it doesn't work, um, you know, is not really user efficient. But, you know, now they have, you know, whatever dot Ether addresses. And then, um, all kinds of different solutions for that. And then with Coinbase, all you need is an email. You just pop in an email and it knows exactly where it's going. Um, you know, the, the user interface, I think, is the biggest thing that's got to evolve still with all this, mm -hmm. you know, tech around blockchain that's evolving. But it, it's a matter of time. I think we're getting closer, though. Yeah, I agree. And, and you, I think you hit the nail right on the head there where it's got to be consumer facing. And up until you know, recently, it hasn't been. You know, the, the process of buying has been somewhat cumbersome and, and quite frankly, it, it did require a lot of knowledge about, you know, the, the space, where to go, how to connect certain wallets. You had to have some level of technical proficiency to at least know how all these pieces are going to work. It was challenging. Um, but ultimately, you start to see, you know, Coinbase now getting listed on the NASDAQ. And banks now having, you know, plans to roll out ETFs and, and crypto-based products to their customers. And all of a sudden, it starts to get packaged in a similar way that you would see, 
you know, tech stocks get packaged in a certain type of ETF, or it gets positioned, you know, with a, uh, a nice little fancy acronym like FANG. These are things that are going to come with maturation, but ultimately, you know, you have to remind yourself at the same time that we are very, very early. Um, and I don't know how long this current, you know, boom that we're facing today uh, is going to last, but you would imagine that similar to what happened during the, the dot-com shakeout, what will continue on is ultimately the innovation and the tech and it, you build from there. So uh, I'm excited for sort of where the future is. And I think that it's going to get a lot more friendly for you know, mm -hmm. your people who might be sitting on the, on the sidelines or people who are sitting in Coinbase right now, sort of feeling like, you know, how do I expand my horizons? How do I start to get into those investments I keep hearing about? And stop investing in meme, mm -hmm. meme-based coins. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, you're not a fan of the meme-based coins, really? <laughs> no, you know what? I I am I'm not going to talk trash because uh, mm. if I talk trash and say you know about Doge or Akita, you'll just and then later right on, up. and then and then later on, I go and I buy something on something a platform called Sushi Swap. If you mm. think about it, you're like, okay, all right, let's let's get off the soapbox for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I have no problem saying that Dogecoin and Shiba Coin are trash, you know, shit coins. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's it. It's like whatever you want to put your money in, invest in is your choice in the ends, and that people are free to speculate. And you know, at, at this point, there is a little bit of a measurable market in something like Dogecoin simply because of this hype cycle to drive it to a dollar. So, I mean, from a technical standpoint, you can make the argument. Um, you know, but from a more practical standpoint, no, it's not going to really change the world. We're not going to have a new global currency where the face of the currency is a, a, a Shiba dog. <laughs> like, I mean, th there's a practical side of it too. So, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, the a, whole it's a poor man's crypto kitty. But that's education people yeah. need though, because I, I get questions like that all the time. And they're like, what do you think about Doji? What do you think about Shiba or, or this shit coin? And I'm like, I don't. So like, why, why are you bringing it up? If you're asking me, then clearly you're unsure for yourself. There's a lot of other great things to like invest in or to use or build upon. So, um, no, I don't know. I think it's a, a lack of education in that field as well, whether it's from like an investing standpoint. Um, you know, I think they, people just, they get so sucked into whatever the new cycle is, whatever the hype cycle is, whatever Elon Musk wants to talk about today and tweet about that. They think that's where they need to be, um, or whatever's on Reddit or 4chan or, you know, so I, there needs to be more education around that as well. So people don't make dumb investments and then, you know, start regretting it later. Yeah. And on that, on sort of following the, the new cycle. What do you think about uh, this this focus on day trading instead of investing? You don't hear too many people talk about I'm investing and I'm going to hold this this wallet for 12 months, 24 months, whatever, because I believe in token A. Mm -hmm. But you see, all of a sudden, a lot of the the people, at least people that I come across, people who are you know members of D Chain, a lot of the focus is day to day fluctuation based on news how do I capitalize on it? And I have my own sort of POV on it, but I'd love to hear it. So what do you think on, on that? This yeah. prioritization on day trading. So I, I think that, 
you know, the, the most common narrative is to dollar cost average into the market. And I think that's, you know, a good, a good place for people to start. And it's fairly good advice if you're new into trading in any sort of way. Um, I, I do also get asked about day trading sometimes because I, I consider myself a swing trader, but I also sometimes, uh, depending on what's going on, I guess I become a day trader too. I've, I've done it. I've had some success in it. Um, and I do it every once in a while and it's a huge way that I generate income, but I, it's, it's not for everybody. It's for a very select few people. And I never recommend it to anyone. There's a lot of people that'll ask me like, Oh, well, you're, you must be making some money doing it so I can do it too. And I'm like, no, you can't do it. (laughs) Like it's one of those things where either you're really good at, you know, managing your risk and um, paying attention to markets all the time. And you're good at technical analysis. And I don't know, it's just a skill you have to naturally be good at. And if you want to be good at it, it, it takes a lot of practice and you have to, you lose a lot of money to learn the mistakes that it takes to be good at it. So I don't recommend people ever do it because it is a headache and you'll have sleepless nights, especially because crypto is a 24 seven market. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's worse than trying to day trade a stock market. Um, but yeah, it can be done. The, the problem with the news cycle though, um, you know, promoting that kind of stuff or even putting it out there, I think it's really, really bad advice. Um, you know, and the, a lot of people in the, in the industry in crypto, they, they push the whole dollar cost average thing, put in a little bit over time and hold it long term. That, that's, that's better advice. And I like when I hear people, you know, talk about that more. But when the news cycle does pick up and start saying, oh, well, this person was day trading or um, swing trading and uh, made millions of dollars and maybe that's yeah. an avenue for you. And that, that's where it gets scary because you're you're getting people into something they just don't fully understand because this is a very volatile market. It's a very dangerous market and it's very young. And while there's incredible opportunity, if you take your mind or your eyes off the market for even a second and you're not paying attention, you can lose, you know, a lot of, or almost everything you you put into it. So it's better to hold long-term or to, you know, get proper advice and coaching to, um, you know, get into the market slowly at a comfortable pace. That's my take on it. I know a site you can go to for that coaching as well. Um, yeah, tell but me. In terms of <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, no, as it relates to, you know, sort of the, the sophistication as well, you know, what's sort of an interesting dynamic is people who are new and sort of getting their feet underneath them, at least I see higher rates of feeling the need to have to become a day trader. They forget that you can be a, a long-term investor. You could obviously identify building your, your foundation on you know dollar cost averaging, but also increasing or decreasing your position size periodically based on news is an option. You don't have to be glued to your phone to have to make that move as fast as possible to, you know, to try and get ahead of, you know, the, well, I don't think a lot of people realize how many high frequency bots are out there, but trying to beat the market in terms of, you know, selling um, and ultimately, you know, introducing the fact that by the time the gas 
is taken out of your your sale, your investment, mm-hmm. odds are that it probably wasn't worth the time. The opportunity cost probably was was a little bit too high on that trade. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm always interested in hearing sort of how people perceive uh, you know, this. To me, it's a bit of a phenomenon because mm-hmm. at the same time, if you look at how you know, they trade or how they invest in equities, they're, they're some of the most disciplined people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of this like slot machine type mentality in crypto exactly. where it's, uh, I hope I get three Shibas in a row, I'm going to get rich. And it's, guys, slow down. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a marathon. There's going to be opportunities where we're going to make, there's going to be opportunities where we're going to have to focus and, and you know really buckle in on capital conservation. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, and, and again, because of, you know, channels like yours, I think it helps a lot of people uh, and it helps humanize the space to understand that you know, there are people behind these projects that are building some really innovative things. Uh, and there's, you know, obviously the book that you put out as well, yeah. I think is also incredibly helpful to provide a history of how this came about. So. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. The, the podcast is, you know, one of the, I think one of the best things I've ever done period in my short 26 year life so far. <laughs> um, it's just for me being able to have the conversations I can with the types of people in the industry. Um, you know, some of them have been really big names and I've been very fortunate because um, it's um, it's awesome to get their insight and opinions and different views. And then also a lot of people that are um, newer in the space or that people just don't know about having them on the podcast, obviously it's good publicity for them, but it's, it's also great um, for my audience, at least from what they tell me all the time. It's, I never knew that like this thing existed in blockchain or you could do that with blockchain and all these things. And you don't get a whole lot of educational sources out there today that really expand upon what's out there um, yeah. in, in a space that's evolving so quickly that even I have a hard time keeping up every day. Like I have to wake up early and check the news cycle just to see what the fuck China did yesterday. And, and then, you know, what's, what's happening in, in, in Europe with blockchain and then how Africa is, you know, going to rise from the ashes with blockchain and um, what regulations came out today, what pump and dump is all over the news, who tweeted what, um, you know, so many things affect the market and its innovation and, um, you know, as a trader, obviously price and stuff like that. Um, but like, and, and like your, your guys' paid courses and coaching and stuff like that, do you guys focus on helping people make more informed uh, investing decisions too? Or is it mostly, you know, just helping them understand the tech? So it's, well, first it's both. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it starts with, uh, our sort of our intro, and, and this is going to be one of the best marketing names you're ever going to hear, getting started, because ultimately I kept asking people, why, why aren't you involved in crypto? And they're like, well, I don't even know how to get started. So obviously very original. I thought, well, we're just going to name this thing getting started in crypto. Uh, and it starts there. It's walking people through how do you not just go in and sign up for Coinbase, but how do you move money from a bank? How do you move it back? How do you move money from a crypto wallet? Why should you own it? The basics, things that you know, I'm sure your listeners can recite in their sleep, and they're probably being asked how to do from their friends and family. But 
a lot of people don't have someone that they can reach out to and ask these questions, or they might be a little bit embarrassed to ask those questions. So we have that. But recognizing that, and, and we have courses that build on that. Our latest one is called DeFi Made Simple. Mm-hmm. But building on, on the courses, because there's a lot of really good courses and a lot of really good sites out there. Uh, but what I saw that lacked was you need a support system there because people are going to have questions. They're going to want to turn to somebody to ask a live person. And at the same time, they want to see a face that, okay, this person is accountable. One of the questions I always ask, and uh, again, I'm not calling anybody out, but oftentimes people will go onto social platforms and they trust people who are pumping certain coins. And I think what we've seen more recently is, you know, a lot of those people and good for them made some really good money promoting Mm -hmm. certain coins that they may or may not have sold at the same time. And I think people are starting to realize, Hey, maybe, you know, the content that I'm either watching or I'm, I'm following for investment advice, maybe it's more entertainment than education, mm-hmm. or maybe there's, there was an ulterior motive why that coin was talked about. So ultimately to have, you know, someone that or a platform that they could turn to to say, all right, we're paying a fee similar to how you would pay for Motley Fool, uh, where you would hope that they're being objective in terms of here's, you know, here's this new token. This is how it fits into that ecosystem, that sector. Here's how it might be competitive, competitively advantaged. Here's where its shortfalls might, may lie. Obviously giving them an opportunity to maybe chime in as well, but opening up a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, throughout the week, what we're doing is we're providing uh, content, you know, almost daily where we're saying, here's where the market is. Here are the things that you should be aware of. Here's what, here's the reason that the market really did a pullback over the last few days. Here are some upcoming things that might make it pull back even further or could change uh, you know, consumer or investor confidence and staying with them and giving them that here's in, in 30 seconds, what you need to know, because it's my full-time job to stay on top of this, it doesn't have to be your full-time job to stay on top of it. But the fact is, is that this market moves so fast that you need somebody to be all eyes, you know, on this space at all times in order for you to, to really capitalize on, you know, the potential for this, this current bull run. Have you guys thought about doing like a webinar or anything like that? And then having like a really big, like online, like teaching session or have you already, or is it like in the process? I, I can see you smiling. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you just segue, se- segue me so well. Uh, so if you go to <laughs> dchain.com, so it's D-C-H-A-I-N-E-D, uh, what you're going to see is the, our invitation. So twice a month, I host a, uh, a live webinar. It's free. And ultimately, it's to help demystify a number of myths around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and talk about, you know, not only how you could you know, get started and sort of put your toe in the water, but do so confidently, safely, so you're not just putting all your money into Doge and hoping for the best. And then also, it's, it's at the same time, it also gives you options for how you might, if we're not going to be the best fit for you, we're happy to tell you where else you might go, what might be a better route for you. So it's a, it's a sort of no pressure 
free educational session. Um, and we, we have a little fun too. Cool. Process. 30 yeah. minutes. I got, I got to check it out. Like I, I want to see what, what's, uh, what's popping in this, you know, webinar been wanting to do some more of those as well recently. So yeah. Um, it's all on the website, right. Or where should people go to, to find all this stuff? Yep. Right, right on our website. So it's, yeah. uh, it's D chain. So D C H A I N E D.com. Uh, you can also go to, uh, earningwithbitcoin.com, mm-hmm. which is, uh, it's just a redirect that we have easier for people to remember. Uh, and that's where they can sign up for the, uh, the webinar. Okay, perfect. Are you guys on social media? Do you guys got a Twitter or Instagram or anything like that? Absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's at Dechained, which is uh, on our Facebook, Dechained Crypto for Instagram and Twitter. And uh, check us out on, if you're on LinkedIn, check us out on LinkedIn as well. And of course, you know, we host our, our live Q and A's every week. So if you just want to pop in and see what that's like, we'd love for you to, you know, to join us as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put a bunch of links in the description and get some people to go check it out. Edmund, thanks for taking the time that you come on the podcast and, you know, really expand on, you know, this topic of education and blockchain. It's for me, it's a personal one because I, I deal with it every day. That's why I do the podcast. Um, so yeah, yeah, really appreciate you taking the time to do that and why it's important and, you know, how it can be done, you know, bridging this gap between people and tech and, um, yeah, man, fun conversation. Look, I had a great time and thanks for having me. Keep, keep up the great work. I love the, the podcast. I love the videos. So, uh, love to be back if you ever need another guest. Of course. Anytime, anytime.